Yes, it's your old pal, the Crypt Keeper. Howdy, folks. I'm Sleazy B. Martini, entrepreneur extraordinaire. Hi, this is Doc Bradley. You're listening to Quality Time. This is Curtis Armstrong, and you're listening to Quality Time. Quality Time Podcast. And you're listening to Quality Time. Quality Time. The dangling thumb. And you're listening to Quality Time Broadcast. And they paid me mistake of going to a yard sale which was fucking awesome and waiting till the absolute heat of the day which by the way thank god you had a fan in your fucking basement because uh there was a lot of breaks taken in that chair i noticed i was wondering why there was a fan next to my chair i was just like how did how did this get here i have no idea there must have been a fat ass sitting there trying to cool down from the river of fat sweat coming down his fat face it appears carrying to me that... shit up the back of your fucking hill 20 times it appears to be a man of larger stature has been sitting in my chair goldilocks smells... was it you <laughs> it smells like fat man sweat here all of a you sudden. know jeremy there is a greek tale of a creature that pushes a rock up a hill repeatedly <laughs> <laughs> and and then finally he goes to the dump. <laughs> oh man! Sissy Puss Two, the movie. <laughs> Sissy. <laughs> I'm ready to raise, lay something really big on you guys, and I know this is going to come as a shock, but I put a lot of thought into it. A lot of thought. Okay. And this might this might change things really dramatically. Oh shit! But so much so much has gone into that one episode and i think we need to change the whole format of the show and just talk about lava all the time (laughs) and call it lava time and talk about drinking lava and different kinds of lava i gotta say i honestly thought jeremy was quitting the show and that was a twist i wouldn't have seen coming (laughs) (laughs) so i'm pretty much changing it to lava time from now on and we'll break up the episode between drinking lava dropping things in lava lord of the rings <laughs> and an al gore and al what gore. about shark boy and lava girl can i talk about that of course well well we'll try to get rodriguez on the show the director of lava girl okay. and shark shark man so yeah the shark yeah. tanker redemption i love that movie you did shark shark week and lava girl so Okay, well, with that being said, welcome back to Lava Time. Uh, I'm your host, Eric Yes! (laughs) No, it's quality time. Oh, lava, all the time. (laughs) And I'm joined... No, it's lava time now on. (laughs) I'm joined by by, uh, (laughs) my blood, my absolutely insane brother, uh, Jeremy Woodworth. Jeremy, how are you, sir? I don't know who you're talking about. Oh, uh, who who is it? Is this the great... uh, Let me guess. Is it the great Steven Dorff? It is I, Lava Man. Lava man only talks about lava that he can drink different 
type some lava. Jerry, if if there's one thing that my sweet brother has learned, is like if you find a bit, you run that bit all the way. You squeeze every last drop out of it until it's not, even if it goes past one or two or three or ten episodes. If you wish to give me a real name, you can call me Moltar. Ah, Moltar from Space Ghost Coast to Coast. How could we ever forget? Uh, You know what my favorite soap is? What's that? Lava, because it's got pumice. I gotcha. Um, that's good, Jeremy. That is good. I'm happy. We're also joined by the very lovely, the very talented Miss Ashley Pontius. Ashley, how are you? Ah. I'm good, Daddy. Oh, now Ashley, yesterday yes. I, you told me you had a hell of a day. A hell of a day. A bit of a a bit of a yes. snafu. Yes, if you boys don't mind me dissecting and trying to process the day that I had yesterday. So yesterday morning, I'm actually having a brief messaging conversation with one of my sisters. Very nice. Conversation ends naturally. About 10 minutes later, I get a friend request from my sister. Can I ask a question? Sure. Was this a real sister or like a like a, a soul sister? <laughs> It's, it her, is definitely it's your one black <laughs> So I get a friend request from her 10 minutes later and I go, oh, were you hacked? She goes, no. I said, oh, did you delete me a couple months ago? She goes, yes, I did. <laughs> so then, then I go, okay. 10 minutes goes by more and she goes, oh, you can accept it. And I was like, no. So, um, so that was part one. So that happened. That was an interesting way to start my day. Eric may or may not be aware. I'm pretty sure Jeremy is not. Listeners, I took the time yesterday to go away to a spa slash retreat center to get lots of massages, facials, and to do transcendental meditation and therapy. Incredibly good for my soul. But the universe was like, fuck you, bitch. So, I- <laughs> How much money did you get for the facials? Jeremy. (laughs) Inappropriate. She's being vulnerable (laughs) right now. You're making bits, okay? So so it's no, but it's great. Like truly, like it was very nice for me. I needed it. So I leave the retreat. And then I think I want to go to a movie. And it's not playing anywhere else. This one regal. And I go, okay, well, there's a bar right next to it gonna go get Where, a where's this regal it's the one in hagerstown because i came back early so, oh that's a new one i never did that one i only did bucky's town uh, it's not newer but they did redo it recently but i used to work at that one so here stay with me before we even get to the regal don't t- so i know you want to break into all of your standee building jeremy but just let's get through this story <laughs> so so i go to this bar next door because i'm like you know what i'll grab some dinner i'll have a beer relax before the movie because i got there i only had one showing as I'm sitting at the bar, I hear this obnoxious male voice from across the bar, and I recognize it immediately. And I'm like, that's, that's how this day is going. And I look up, and I lock eyes with it, and I was like, it is my ex-brother-in-law from the sister that I talked to that morning um, that, I, that I hate. And then he is joined by his sister, who I also hate. 
and her husband and they all look at me and i was like yeah i see you (laughs) (laughs) the only good part was watching him hit on the waitress and she had no interest and i was like good to know you've got game in your 30s chad so i like that his name is chad too that's that's his middle name is his middle name is chad his real name is michael but his dad has the same name so to not be confused because you don't want your dad's warrants um he goes by chad have you ever gone up to him and just like this is if you ever run into him again could you go hey what's up chad can you do me a favor he's like yeah yeah what's that chad the fuck up (laughs) and then no that's funny i still the only reason i don't get into fist fights with him publicly is because i have to again take the meditation that i learned sit there and bask in the feeling of knowing that i have shoved 90 percent of his belongings up my ass about two years ago so wow. that's you know but i could not sit down for a week anyways so well, he's a millennial cool yeah, they're, about, they're into that yeah i want to so, think about the 10 percent that didn't fit Oh, actually, it was the hockey puck. I got the hockey puck stuck in there, and my sister was like, we'll have to go to the hospital. You have to take it out. So I had to take out the You're hockey like, puck. Is it worth off. the pain? At least yeah, I could slide so it along, it asshole. It hurt so bad because it was too big to fit, and my sister was like, no, you didn't. I was like, no, it's in there. I got to get it out. She's like, you're lying. And I bent over, and you could see half, see half the hockey puck sticking out of my ass. I was like, no! <laughs> I had to take it out. Um, That's And this is also just a trailer for the Ashley Pontius documentary coming out this summer, D4, The Mighty Cucks. So uh, check that out. Coming soon. Um. So... I but like I keep I keep cool. I hate that he's there. He's ruining my good time. But I'm like whatever. His sister makes the fatal mistake of trying to come over to me, and she comes over and she goes, "Hi." I like wasn't sure if I should come over, and I've had only two beers at this point, but they were like the talls, like the eighteen ounces. And I look over at her and I go, "Uh, "Yeah, it's a bad idea. You should probably leave." And she goes, "Okay." Which is not like that exciting, but my night gets weirder. That was like frustrating enough. I go to my movie at Regal and I'm sitting in my luxurious seat, trying to forget that I just saw the world's biggest asshole. And I'm sitting, enjoying the movie. It's now started. We are probably 15, 20 minutes into the movie. A couple comes in late and where do they sit? But next to me. And they're interrupting the movie by taking off jackets and shit. And I'm like, oh, God, please just sit the fuck down. They sit down. And then the boyfriend goes, oh, you want popcorn? And she's like, yeah. And gets up and gets popcorn, which, again, isn't that, it's annoying, but it's whatever. Her cell phone rings. So her phone isn't even on silent. She picks it up and proceeds to have a full-on casual conversation the during the movie. Get the fuck out of here. No. And I, I can feel I can feel all the meditation I've been doing. The hundreds of dollars I spent all day yesterday trying to find inner fucking peace. <laughs> and I turn to her and I look at her and I go, ma'am, are you for real right now? And she goes, I'm sorry. Am I bothering you? And I go, fuck yes. Hang up the phone before I snatch it out of your hand, which I haven't ah! before. <laughs> and she goes, try me. And I could feel the fucking rage. And I knew I would kill that woman if she let me. So I got up, walked down to the office, and I was like, hey, 
first of all, I need my money back because she's already at this point. I'm already out of the movie. I have no idea what I'm missing. I'm like, I want my money back. And I want you to go snatch that big bitch out of that theater. Mm. And they're like, oh, ma'am, I don't know if I can do it. I was like, do it. <laughs> <laughs> so I watched them drag off this lady and I'm eyeing her. And I was like, I will kill you. <laughs> so I wait till she's left. And uh, I had myself a good pep talk. And I was like, hey, you're trying to be a Buddhist these days. Let's chill the fuck out. Drove home, got real drunk. But you guys. <laughs> Yesterday was really tough. I feel like the universe doesn't like me. <laughs> Welcome to my world, bitch! <laughs> I am the female Jeremy of existentialism. I oh, man. Well, yeah. I uh, I didn't have a, a ten out of ten day. I mean, I honestly, my day is gonna it, on paper. It sounds better than most of yours. Um, I will I will tell you that. So, I spent my Saturday. Uh, I I haven't gotten a car in ten years. I bought a a truck. A used truck yesterday, which is is great. I love the new truck. It is it's wonderful. It's stressful. I bought a giant gas guzzling beast that can fit all of my children and things in the back, and it, it's very nice. Like, don't get me wrong, but uh, you can fit a lot of children in the in the uh, in the in the back. So many kids, so many kids. So, uh, but the problem is. Uh, selling my old car was a, was an issue. So apparently my title still had a lien on it from the loan that's been paid off for five years. What? So, uh, we go and they check it and they're like, yeah, you, apparently you still, it looks like you still have a loan on it. I was like, that loan has been paid off for five years. And he was like, well, you know, um, it was through PNC bank. We can see that. Why don't you just go down to PNC bank? And go and see if you can, they can give you like a letter that says it. Like, if you could just give us a letter, um, that's probably enough and we can like finalize the deal. And we're like, okay, fucking, well, this is stressful. So me and my wife go over to PNC Bank. It's like seven minutes away. We drive there after about like 20 or 30 minutes. A lady, a bank, the one bank teller that's working there sits down and you're like, yeah, we don't do that. I was like, what do you, what do you mean you don't do that? I was like, you can't show me a piece of paper of the loan that I've already paid off so that I can sell my car. He's like, I was like, the people said they just need a letter of release and they'll do it. She was like, oh, okay. So um, I could probably do that. Um, she, This bitch goes back there for another 15 minutes and what? literally just makes a Word document, has no letterhead on it, and then signs it that says, yeah, Eric and Tracy don't owe anything, owe anything to PNC. And we're what? like, we look at this and we're like, this, this isn't going to work. <laughs> I could have done that myself, you dumb cow. Yeah, so I come, I go back, and they look at it, and they're like, yeah, what? So God bless this sweet salesman. So we, this sweet salesman who, you know, like, if you know anything about the car industry, right, and, and like buying a car, so like, we are, we have, we have saved up to buy this vehicle outright. So we're a cash buy, which is honestly for a car dealership is actually not good because they actually get incentives for, for financing and stuff like that. So yeah. we're not like a big sale for him at all, you know? I mean, it's a big deal for us. It's a lot of money for us, no matter how you look at it, right? But like, to him, it's not a big deal. What is a, what is a big sale? A $100,000 car? 
No, what I'm saying well, but, is like when they finance it, they get kickbacks if they get you to finance a car, right? They the bank pays them extra money because they've now closed a deal on that. They get probably get a percentage of all of the of the like loan and stuff. You know what I mean? Yeah. So it's not as it's not as sexy of a deal for him, right? Well, God bless this sweet young Bobby from CarMax. I'll I'll name drop it. Bobby from CarMax in White Marsh is a prince, okay? Because this motherfucker went out of his way. He probably spent two hours on the phone figuring out how to get the documentation that we needed uh, to do this. And it was not fucking easy. We ended up having to pay 50 bucks to PNC Bank just so they could give us a piece of paper that said I had already paid a loan from five years ago. Ridiculous. And I'm, I'm telling you right now how frustrating it was to talk to five or six different representatives from PNC yeah. Bank and then just tell them, oh, I'm sorry, we don't do that. And I'm just like, what exactly do you do? What is your job? <laughs> Explain to me. Is it just to tell me I'm fucked today? Because you're doing a great job at that. Um, so that whole experience was very frustrating, uh, to say the least. But uh, shout outs to Bobby from CarMax. Uh, I thought he was a great fellow. Go to the CarMax and uh, only deal with him. Um, uh, no, no, no. Be very specific. You mean the CarMax in White Marsh, you said? Yes, yes. Yeah. Okay. Eric is saying you can go to that CarMax. Don't go to the CarMax in Frederick. Fuck you guys. <laughs> what are, are they the ones that's that... who I got the smart car from. I hope you all die in a fire. You have a so. smart car? Yeah. It's been chronicled many episodes. She had a deer with it. It's held together by zip ties. It's great. Yeah, they sold me a car that a light came on the day I drove it home, and then they refused to take my calls for seven days, so it would be past wow. the lemon law. I hope bet you Bobby law. doesn't work at the one in Frederick. Ugh. Yeah, fuck Frederick. I will... <laughs> I will fuck your moms. I hate all of you. So Eric says, go to White Marsh. Don't go to Frederick. <laughs> the White Marsh one was very nice. I also had a, a bet with the old lady. Because, you know, I mean, I get it. I shopped at the CarMax. I shopped at the Walmart of, of car dealerships. I get that, right? Like, don't get me wrong. I'm not lost on that. But... uh they, uh, they, uh, I had a, cause the, those places are set up fucking crazy. Cause they do like, I mean, it's a huge place and there's probably like right. 75 to like a hundred people in there throughout the day. So I had a bet. I was just like, how many cars do you think they sell on an average Saturday? And, uh, me and the old lady had an over under on the, uh, on the, on the bet. And, uh, I took the over and she took the under and the number we agreed on was 30. Okay. So she took the under. And I took the over, and I did win that. They said on an average Saturday, and like, I don't know, about 30 to 60 cars. I was like, yes! And then still handing yeah. them still handing them a check for a lot of money. Anyway, um, but I do have the new truck. I bought trim today. Uh, the house is coming along. Um, while this is all going on, my sweet brother... Uh, who was uh, I? I had I had I had hired to remove some trash from my house because of the renovation. Uh, decided uh, he's he had first of all I I say this Jeremy you did a wonderful job thank you so much but uh, I guess it was pretty hot and you needed some help and I was not there to help you so I apologize. Would you like to chronicle your struggles with removing trash from my home? No, you paid me well. It's all good. It's my fault for uh, waiting too late in the day. But I had to go to this fucking awesome yard sale, which I didn't even think about because I don't have much money. I'm just barely uh, crawling in life financially. Did I say crawling? Oh, no, I'm still, I'm still dead. I'm still financially dead. 
Um, like a, like a corpse just still barely rotting. I'm kind of like a zombie financially because I'm like a <laughs> zombie that's like been sitting there in the dirt but still breathing. So you're even saying it's dead. your finances are decomposing. Mm. Well, let's just say I haven't sold everything I own, which I think is close to being close on the street and, and not having a wife anymore and, and you know, shooting up, uh, you know, bath salts. That sort of thing. Um, Jeremy, but Jeremy anyway, sky high on bath salts is the scariest nightmare I could possibly have. Hey, I can afford bath salts. I mean, <laughs> hell yeah. Um, so anyway, now my wife say, "Hey, do you go into yard sales?" And I'm like, "There are no yard sales." She's like, "Oh, there is one." I was like, "Really?" And number one, my wife just suggesting me going to a yard sale when she knows I have no money is is God blessed love right there. So, uh, she's like, yeah, this one, this one has comics. I'm like, okay. So she sends me an address. I go to this address. This guy's a musician and I walk up to the sale. He's got a bag that's made for like, for like foot pedals. If you know what foot pedals are is like a musician. Yeah. Yeah. Which alone, if you bought new, would cost a hundred dollars, but he's got five pedals in it which are all interesting pedals. They're not really fancy or expensive, but all of them and the foot bag for 25 bucks. Hell yeah. Grab that shit up, put it in his hand so I can look look at the comics and get comics for 50 cents each. And I got about 12 bucks. I'm sorry, seven bucks worth of comics. And I was the happiest fucking poor bastard in the world after that. So then I finally made it to Eric's house by 11 o'clock. And by about 12 o'clock, I had a quarter of the work done. <laughs> As I sweated my ass and sat in his, his chair that he's sitting in right now, which probably still has my fat sweat in it. I've been, bumping rails, I've been bumping rails of Jeremy this entire show. Just every time I feel a like one nostril down, I feel that old flaky drip and I know it's working. So wait, Eric, are you telling me it gives you the confidence that you need? Because you're like, look, I may only have $25 in the bank, but I can get a lot of shit with that. <laughs> it's exactly, yeah. All the chemicals that Jeremy puts on his skin, I know it's making me high from something. Uh, Listen, but, and, and I won't course, get the vaccine, but I will freebase my brother's own flesh, okay? Uh. So Eric, <laughs> Eric has redone his entire basement, and he's got this fancy schmancy fucking... Uh, f- fake wood uh, uh, flooring that he put in, and he's like, "Dude, if you go in under my deck, I let I open the uh, I let the back door open. If you fucking trail in dirt on my new fucking floors, I will fucking kill you." Yeah. Which I'm like, oh, oh, oh. Now, now, <laughs> now keep in mind, I'm having this conversation in the midst of a debate of whether I'm going to be able to sell my old car. So I'm at a high stress moment, and Jeremy's going, he's just like, I'm going to walk through the mud and spill my name out in your basement. <laughs> and, I, I, and I'm about to break. I'm about to snap. I'm about to snap. This is wild. So we all... We all were being tested yesterday. That's awesome. And we all sort of succeeded, I guess. And we're all here today to talk about the movie The Gate, which I'm very excited about. Uh, We are. Can I ask, though, Eric, unless you oppose, I have an honest ash. Oh, you do? Okay, well, let's... Oh, she just disappeared! Her head just disappeared. Hold on, wait. (laughs) They can't see you anymore. (laughs) 
Because their face disappeared. You want to say, say hi on the podcast real quick? <laughs> hi. What do you want to say, Suze? Here, they're talking to Hello, you. Hello, Inviso Girl. They called you Inviso hi, Girl. Hi, Susie. It's like Back to the Future. Do you, and do Eric's you, kids are disappearing because he made better choices. <laughs> Instant decisions in his head, and she disappears. Susie, what do you got to say to the podcast? Nothing. Nothing. It looks like you got something to say. What do you What are you down here for? I wanted to ask you if I can have a snack. A snack? You can eat trash. No. no! I'm Jeremy just kidding. What do you want to What do you want to eat? I want to eat a rice crispy. A rice crispy? Okay, you can have one rice rice crispy. But you have to give me one big hug. Mwah. Do you want some? No, don't, don't. All I needed was your love, sweet. Now go get, now go get yourself a treat. All right. <laughs> Bye, Susie. I love you. That's like me talking to my sugar daddies. Um, that was. Can my I have su- another another couple ounces of cocaine? Yeah, sure, bitch. Have as much, have as much cocaine as you'd like, Susie. <laughs> like that was yesterday. Um, but I do have an honest. Oh, you you're in luck because here we go. Oh, and it's about that time again for another segment of Honest Ash. And here's Ashley Pontius. Oh, hello, listeners. Once when I was a devout Catholic, I was out at a party getting absolutely smashed and in the middle of getting balls to the wall drunk i remembered that i needed to go to confession before church the next day and i had not taken care of that so i took an uber to confession and then during confession had to tell the priest that i was also confessing that i was super super fucking drunk so he had to forgive me for that too this has been Honest Ash. Ah. And join us again next week as we hear more riveting tales of how Ashley has shocked all of the fucking Catholic Church, the people in movies, <laughs> and Mel Gibson himself. Next time on Quality Time. All right, Ashley. Wow. So you got hammered and went to talk to the, the priest. That's a. Uh... It was pretty embarrassing to like slur your words while you're telling. The preacher like, Father, forgive me, for I am fucking. <laughs> Father, forgive me, because I'm fucking hammered. Right now, and I'm like, I had to take an Uber to get here and tell you my sins. <laughs> I also did not tip my Uber driver. Please forgive me. <laughs> Father, does Jesus forgive the sins of having too many dollar margaritas at Applebee's? <laughs> 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 father, I forget. Yeah, this is weird. Father, didn't I just see you at the same party I was at? <laughs> like, how did you get so fast? Father, did you fly did, with your robes? Did, father, did Jesus die for the sins of me coming on the back of a postcard that I used to stick to a wall? <laughs> did oh, did he die for that? <laughs> No, she went upstairs. She went upstairs. My, my no, favorite. And she my, stuck to the wall with that postcard. My, my, my favorite. My favorite part of any confessional 
is whenever the person starts and then you cut to the confessional like a hundred feet away and you just hear the priest scream at the top of his lungs, Oh my God! <laughs> I was a very devout Catholic for the years that I had converted. I, I went to confession every Saturday. But man, towards the end though, I'm not gonna lie, every week it got more and more embarrassing. I'd be like, so <laughs> I did it again, couldn't stop flicking the bean. <laughs> Uh, the best part is that like how many times this week ashley you know it's funny because before uh before you were on quality time that uh that preacher got to hear all of the honest ashes before we did you know that's the i think that's the best part that's that's very true like father forgive me for i shoved things up my ass that did not belong to me and i put them back where they belong well, it's father, I absolutely drink. Go ahead. Oh, no, I was just going to say, like, the times I used to drink all my parents' alcohol and then refill them with water. Yeah, because I did the opposite. Because I'm the opposite. I am the opposite of Jesus. I drink all your alcohol and then I turn your alcohol into water. <laughs> you turn your alcohol into water. I like that. I just, I just want to think that the Catholic priest has everything covered and he's, like, looking through the book, like, Shoving things up ass. Oh, that many Hail Marys. Okay. So. Oh, yeah. Because Jesus did come into town riding on an ass filled with wrestling memorabilia that belonged to a man named Chad. Because, <laughs> you know, you know, if you look through the uh, through the Old Testament, you'll find things, laws like don't don't suffocate um, animals in their mother's milk like. Somebody did that at one time. You're like, okay, we gotta fucking write a law about this, you fucker. Why did I you agree. do this shit? That is super... I will agree that it is super disturbing. Or, like, if you hit a pregnant woman and then the kid dies because you hitting her, you have to... You, you have to pay for damages. Be like, man, I'm not really sorry I hit your wife, but sorry i killed your baby like can i give you money to make up for that i I always think that like you know there's people take that personally there's some parts of the bible and i forget who did this bit where it's like uh they're talking about like the ten commandments like you know the ten commandments like nine out of the ten they make sense he's just like but the coveting the wife one is like really because like that's the one that seems like what moses was writing he was just like oh yeah tell that bitch aaron he's not allowed to look at my wife anymore (laughs) (laughs) and another one another another one of my favorite obscure laws is there's there's a, a something about pissing on the wall i don't know if it was the walls of jerusalem and it's like Oh, good. There was an Ozzy Osbourne back in those days that got drunk and pissed on the wall, but it wasn't the Alamo. So, well, I was, was going to say in response before we get started to Eric's. No, I mean I think coveting someone else's spouse is definitely real, but what they should have put in the Ten Commandments was to be like, "Hey, you can go ahead and do it, but you know what's going to happen? You're going to be real embarrassed that you were looking at someone's schlubby husband." Like, you're going to feel real <laughs> shitty. Just know you can do it, but you're really going to hate yourself after. Those would be much better warnings. <laughs> I'd like to change my name to Schlubby. Yeah, Schlubby. You are a Schlubby hubby. I agree with schlubby. that. Schlubby. <laughs> schlubby uh, hubby. I love Ben and Jerry's. <laughs> uh, so, 1% uh, for Schlubby. 
So tonight, though, we're going over. This is my pick this week, which I'm very excited about because, uh, if I'm going to be honest with you, this is a this was a childhood gem that I uh, I grew up on. In uh, in the this was a movie that used to come on HBO when I had HBO for different intermediate times in my life. Uh, generally, when there was a sale on it, uh, my parents had it, and when it was not on sale, we did not have it. Uh, but I remember this movie just being on like it was great the thing that was cool about hbo and i think the time when i grew up is that during the day they just filled hours of content where children were home with movies like this which is uh 1987's the gate uh which god what a gem of a movie there were so many scenes that were just like ingrained in my head and definitely made me want I can tell you I never would have fired an Estes rocket in my life had I not watched this film. Uh, well, we're going to get into it, and like it is cool to see both you and Jeremy's perspective on it. I-, I will just say overall, it didn't speak to me as much, and it never quite has. I think it's just because I wasn't a kid growing up when this movie came out, and, and the time difference now of seeing it for the first time you know what I mean? It's just almost too much of a stretch to try to recapture the way you guys feel about it. But no, it was it was fun to watch overall, though. I will say. I think that yeah, there's some movies that I am in my head. I understand are not good, and like I know that, but I saw them at a time where they made sense, right? Like I I think right. the Monster Squad is a lot like that. Like people Absolutely. have this ridiculous love of the Monster Squad, and I like the Monster Squad. I don't, I don't hold it in like some type of high regard in my head but it did come out like the original same thing with the original Buffy the Vampire Slayer it's an okay movie if we're being honest right. it's an okay movie uh, and the same thing with The Gate so uh, right but but again I think that emphasizes I'm not saying they're shitty movies but I'm seeing like the audience that cap- was captured by them my age is just so different like I wasn't growing up during that time period I didn't see it on its first run I'm sure that to some degree your daughters or even their kids if they try to revisit even shows like stranger things they might look at it and go i don't get the appeal like i don't understand no yeah so. it's a piece of nostalgia that they can't deal with like my kids don't know what a real phone is they never are gonna know what a phone ringing is like what it's like to go and like you're just when you're out of the house like you just don't you didn't know where people were you understand like they when you left you were like i i hope they come back like that's that's the only thing you do. Like you had to be back by this uh, this time, or we'll be worried, right? The fact that if you wanted to go see a movie and you wanted to know what the times were, you had to call a hotline that would list. Yeah, I remember doing that. I'll, I was I used to look in the paper. If you had if you had the that local too. paper, you could see it too. Um, yeah. Well, you you understand that ninety percent of movies are made for kids, and the other nine percent are made for teenagers. And 1% of movies are actually made for adults. But you, you explained it better than any other time in your comedy career of how Dad took you to see Teenage Mutant Ninjas 2. And you were like, Dad, that was the greatest movie ever. And Dad's like, yeah, yeah, great, great movie. Yeah, my yeah. dad took me to see Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles 2, The Secret of the Ooze, not once, but twice. And both times I was like, Dad, didn't you love it? And he looked at me with a fucking serious face and was like, <laughs> I love that movie. I fucking loved it. And I knew, it, like, it, until I became a father, I didn't know what it was like to lie to your children. And for love, though. For love, like, like to, to love your children, you have to lie and be like, this is the greatest thing I've ever fucking seen. And you, you, you do it. And you, 
older if you listen to this podcast think of all the art projects you've ever handed eric yes i I, want to pretty much i want to pretty much surmise all of moviedom and say 99.999 percent of movies are kids and teenagers and the only movie made for grown-ups is taxi driver so (laughs) that's it that's the only adult movie that's the only one Not Full Metal Jacket. That's for the kids. That's teenagers. That's teenagers. You know, killing when you're in, still in your teens and and you're fat and you can't do a pull up in your army. So I still can't do a pull. up. <laughs> so uh, this movie, though, The Gate, hit me in a special way because I think the thing that used to creep me out were not big monsters because big monsters are almost too scary. To a certain extent, I'm always really bit was creeped out by the little mon, like the thing from um from uh the cat's eye, which I hope is a future episode that we do that comes out of the wall. The little monsters in this, they really always creeped me out of the idea of like something that's like a foot tall, but like there's a bunch of them, like is very very terrifying to me as a kid because I felt like they could get in places, and I'm like, man, <laughs> fuck that! I don't want anything to do with that thing. I hate to say, in my generation, I, what was I six years old when I saw Trilogy of Terror with Karen Black? And yeah, the with little, that little thing, oh. the little African doll that just goes on stabby, stabby mode against your little ankles and everything. Where these guys, they're great because they're small, but all they do is bite you. They just want to bite your your <laughs> wherever they can. Hey, what's up, everybody? I want to bite your ankles. <laughs> oh, way you guys mean to me during a blowjob. <laughs> <laughs> There's, a, and then it also is like of the '80s of little little terrors. I mean, we're coming out of a time where the the first child's play has come out. Uh, also, Puppet Master, where the idea that little tiny things can be, cause huge amounts of damage is is a terrifying thing. I think that goes all the way back to like uh, stories like Gulliver's Trap. Where the he's tied down by a million little people, um, you know all Question. important things. Do you think some of that? And I'm kind of being serious. Do you think some of that was caused by what we were seeing in the '80s of the insane things we would see at stores during Christmas for like Tickle Me Elmo, the Care Bears, Cabbage Patch dolls, the mm. the the way that people would freak out over these toys. And it was absolute destruction. I mean, people would hit each other. People would get stabbed sometimes over these toys for their kids. Do you think it has, like, any correlation to those fears of, like, these dolls? I mean, a little bit different than our movie tonight. But you, you referenced, like, Child's Play and Puppet Master. Do you think that that has any correlation? Uh, I could see that because, like, some of how they, like, move around of, like, like thinking that you have some type of power, but all that takes is, like, six or seven of these little fuckers all coming at you at the same time is a scary thought. Um, well, uh, if I could speak from experience, I'm of course a mega nerd, and I have all these toys from the 80s and 70s laying around my house. And the thing that really bothers me is I hear little things scurrying around, and I think that it's the little dolls. And then, of course, one of the little <laughs> dolls will move and everything, and I'm, I'm like, oh shit, little dolls alive. But it's not, it's just rats moving between <laughs> little dolls. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's never been the little dolls. It's just the rats moving we, around. We call the Warrens to investigate Jeremy's house, and they're like, we don't know how to tell you this. Your house is infested with an evil spirit. Um, you have a ton of rats in, yeah. in your walls. <laughs> you have so- I, think it, I think it goes to something more 
more primal within us of like just the pure nature of things of how predators will kill children that are small right like the idea of like a lion it doesn't really want a full-sized fucking gazelle it wants a baby one that can't run very fast and they can take that down um and the same thing for like foxes and coyotes like they'll take out little things the the easy prey so having something that's like a bunch of smaller things that can take you out i think is just something that's ingrained in all of us of like yeah your mom keeps you close by because guess what that little fucker over there is gonna gnaw your head off because you can't run fast enough you dumb shit so i think that's just something that's kind of wired in us no matter how you look at it um also we should be embarrassed as a country that these little demons can come together to take down a person but we can't come together and get the vaccine that is true I mean, everybody can get the vaccine if they want it. I'm just not for making people do it. S- simple as that. I mean, and plus, listen, all the people that are upset about it, right? Like, I about, just love wearing a mask. Well, let's listen. If if <laughs> the, the, I this is the thing I don't I don't like a hundred percent get. Like, if you're if you're a person that like if everybody just got the vaccine, we'd be fine. But like, if you don't want to take it. Aren't you just like, if you're on the other side, isn't that good for you? Because you're thinking about, these are the people that you don't like in the world. So they're going to die, right? In your head. That's how they'll they'll be murdered. Well, Eric, I mean, you and Jeremy are still alive. I mean, I'm, <laughs> <laughs> I'm kidding. So God anyway. forbid 1% of the population should die. I mean, listen. Well, all I need is for you two to kick the bucket and then I quality then lava time is all yours (laughs) you're sitting on a lava empire (laughs) where can i find a podcast about lava Uh, (laughs) (laughs) i like it because we almost got political there and then it was like no we're back to lava time actually uh that was the important part there's only way we could politicize lava uh huh give me a second i'm calling bill maher right now um so the movie uh starts out with this little dream sequence which uh this movie starts uh stars the great steven dorf it's actually his first movie ever uh of course steven dorf would go on most famously probably to play the bad guy in um uh, uh blade uh, but is also still the exact same height he is in this movie as an eight-year-old child. Uh, important thing uh, to remember. Of course, he never changed. And um, my favorite uh, Dorf movie is, of course, Dorf on Golf. Yeah, Dorf Goes Fishing. That's <laughs> Yeah, that was great. He's got tiny little legs. And, you know, you he's so got much. like a toupee. So, uh, no, yes, Steven Steven Dorf stars in this movie, uh, directed by, uh, um, this gentleman right here, uh, Tybor, (laughs) Tybor, uh, Tachius, uh, looks very Greek. Uh, Jeremy, where's your favorite Tybor Tachius movie? Uh, Uh, what is it? Um, Star Conflicts? No, I only see... And uh, Lord of the G-Strings? Well, um, his top movie is Other Than the Gate, okay? Before the Gate, he's uh, he's known as the director of teen- of uh, most of the series of Sabrina the Teenage Witch. 
He'd go on to do that in the 90s. And uh, My Babysitter's a Vampire, a one-year thing. The Gate is number three, and his fourth, uh, his fourth top movie that he's known for is a movie called I, Madman in 1989. So uh, there you go. Oh, well, that's, that's, a, that's a good Jenny, Jenny Wright film. There you go. There you go. So uh, it's written by uh, Michael Nankin, who really just wrote most of this as things that happened in his life. Uh, he had a friend named Terry growing up. He had a giant uh, 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 tree that fell over in a chi- when he was a child that had his treehouse in it. So the, a lot of it was derived from that. He had a geode that because those are cool to own. Um, but uh, the movie gets kicked off into high gear when uh, Stephen Dorff has a fucking horrible dream. He's playing Glenn and uh, during this dream he's uh, transported to different places where his family can't be found and the tree gets hit by lightning and falls over and the next day he wakes up to the tree actually being ripped from the ground and uh uh, a, a first of all this is the craziest thing like this was filmed in uh in uh, I believe in Canada uh, and when the tree is ripped off from the ground, the they have the most professional tree trimming company that I've ever seen that actually have like real suits. Because I've seen tree trimming companies and they dress like they're uh, Dexy's Midnight Express, right? Like they are... <laughs> Hundred percent correct. We once paid someone to take down one of our trees, and in the process, they backed up and accidentally took out our carport. So Eric is correct. <laughs> yeah, they look like they—they they literally are just uh, one step away from being extras in Wrong Turn. Generally, like when you see them <laughs> in real life. Uh, yes. <laughs> So they take this out, and a, a, a weird stone is uh, uh, emerges from the dirt uh, that's left behind from this giant tree. And, uh, of course, they hold on to that. Uh, we get to meet uh, Mom, Dad, uh, are, are going to be leaving for the weekend to leave Alexandria, Alexandria, who is Glenn's older sister there, to babysit them as they're going hey. away on a three-day trip. Hey. Yes. Um, did you ever hear about the guy that was killed by a tree shredder? Uh, no. I mean, I know only about the movie Fargo, where somebody gets put into the wood chipper. chipper. Well, apparently he, he got dragged into it. And of course, the people in the neighborhood heard his howling screams as he died going into it. And by the way, this is what he looked like. <laughs> Jerry's showing us a picture of the guy who died in a wood chipper. That uh, does look like he he looks like uh, Super Mario um, if he was into molest. That's probably the best <laughs> way to describe his face. It didn't look like the brightest brightest um, tool in the shed. <laughs> he has he has two eyes. One is good. I'll tell you that. Uh, <laughs> I would call him Mario and Dread. <laughs> I'm, I'm guessing i'm guessing he was probably from one of those countries inside of mexico so. it could be it could be um so. now as uh as they uh they leave them for the weekend uh he uh uh alexandra alexandra has a giant party with her weird teenage friends which is it seems like the tamest 80s party in far as far as 80s parties go this is pretty it's a kind of lame party well, which I can't really determine their ages because it kind of seems like the the older sister and like some of her girlfriends are kind of in like the weird area of, of puberty where like they're older than he is 
but they're not quite old enough to drive. Like, I'm assuming what? Maybe yeah. we're talking like 14 to 16. Like, like none, of, none of them are doing Molly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, we also get to meet. Um, we also get to meet Terry, who is uh, uh, Glenn's best friend. And uh, Terry, I like because he. Uh, they they established that uh, Terry's got some problems because his mom's dead. Uh, I like that the dad <laughs> brings that up. He's like, uh, Terry's mom's dead, so he listens to weird music. Uh, um, is that not? how I'm supposed to talk about you and Jeremy. <laughs> I'm like, hey, these two metal have a dead dad. Is that not how I'm supposed to introduce you? Look, lots, lots, of, lots of guys listen to Gigi Allen. I'm not the only one. You're not the only one, Jeremy. I've been forced as well. So uh, as... As we're going on, though, when you first see Glenn, though, he's wearing, or uh, Terry, he's wearing a, uh, uh, he's got his war vest on. He's a, a young child as well. And uh, the first one, he has a he has a, a patch on the back uh, for the band Venom uh, first when you first see him. Later, we'll get to the other one he's wearing. But uh, when you first see him, he's wearing a band Venom. Jeremy, do you know about the v- band Venom and their, their hit song, The Seven Gates of Hell? Uh, I was never into that sort of nerdy um, metal music because I was already into Anthrax and, and heavily into Death by the time this movie came out. Mm-hmm. Um, that, no, I was definitely into Coroner by then, which you know, and, and definitely into Guar by then. Well, no, maybe not Guar. Eighty-seven. You you were you were eighty-seven Guarhead already. No, no, Guar was was still new with Hello then. So no, it was more like Metallica and Anthrax. Well, here's a little bit of Venom, so uh, you can see this band that he loved. Here you go. Right, beautiful children's uh, kind, music. Kind of, kind of ironic that he didn't make the movie called The Seven Gates versus just The Gate. Yes, yes. And um, another, another, another thing is, um, um, never mind. Let's okay. Go on. <laughs> later, he will show up. Terry will later show up with his other favorite war vest, where he has the big patch on the back is Killer Dwarfs, which is another '80s band. Uh, and here's a little bit of their hit single, "Stand Tall." There we go. And uh, by the way, I was a, I really was a killer dwarf fan. And their video where they make their own album and they press their album with an iron. And as soon as it's done, 
throw it from across the room right into the record sleeve like <laughs> like they're playing frisbee which was hilarious to me i am i'm watching day. a bit of the video of them actually the re- record is actually made out of metal and they have to craft it and uh at one part they melt some things into a tube and then drop it down and it looks just a big turd comes into it and drops on the turntable and that's actually the shit that drops on the record is part of the making of making this uh killer dwarfs album so metal and, and by the way every stuka cassette Cassette. Stuka. Was, now, Stuka is was your band, Jeremy. Yours with our with our late cousin Jared. That was your band. Okay. And, and with J- Justin Jones, and, still still around uh, the drummer, which uh, we actually made our own little uh, pressings that we we pressed the uh, cassette with a, a little uh, rubber stamp. So. I see it. You're very. You're basically killer dwarfs. I get it. That I see. Oh, the, yeah. I see. I see the connection. Thank God we didn't have to make actual records, <laughs> LPs, long plays. Oh, so. Uh, you know, think about the days when they had to make seventy eights. So that night they uh, uh, they play a little fun uh, spiritual game where they uh, levitate Glenn all the way up to the ceiling and uh, he rips down a light fixture and like boy is mom and dad gonna be mad after night one you've already ripping out fucking electrical fixtures as a dad that was the scariest part of the movie to me uh, <laughs> I, was gonna, I was gonna say light as a feather stiff as a board is what I call a boner. <laughs> Am I the only one who wanted to kick that girl wearing flannel in the throat? I thought she was so annoying. Yes, she does suck. All of Alexandria's friends are fucking horrible. They're absolutely terrible. But man, when Stephen Dorff cries, though, I, I, I'm not gonna lie. I almost peed myself laughing while he was <laughs> crying because my first thought and I was like, he cries like Eric. <laughs> Another another thing was the girl with the hair that looks like Howard Jones. Uh, I was thinking the same thing. I was thinking the same thing. So uh, oh, shit. Uh, he levitates. Now that night, Terry spends the night at the house, and uh, I, that was a monstrous burp. I'm not going to edit it out. It stays in. But uh, he has a, a weird, what he thinks is a weird dream, where his dead mom comes in the door. He goes to hug her, and it actually ends up being Angus, who's a, now a dead-ass dog. Uh, Which, the dead dog, I, I thought this was a kid's movie initially, and I was pretty taken aback at the idea that they would kill the dog. So I need to... I need to bring this up because uh, Angus is a, is a very adorable dog in this movie. But when I was looking through the movie trivia of The Gate, okay, here is here is one. There's not a lot of it on IMDb, but uh, it says when Eric, we get later into this movie where who Eric is, he's like the boyfriend of one of the girls, um, uh, is supposed to carry the body of Angus around the garden to be buried. Uh, the actor who played Eric struggled to carry it because of its weight so set designer john baker thought it uh brought it to a local taxidermist to have its organs removed to make it much lighter so this immediately makes me think i was like did they actually kill a fucking dog to make this movie did the dog die on set and they actually had to kill this dog and use this fucking dog carcass um but i can't I did not find the information of if this dog actually died on set. I'll be honest with you. But in my searching, in my searching, uh, 
Uh, I did find a website called does the doggy die.com, which (laughs) does, which just tells you if dogs die in a movie, which is by the way, I don't know how my wife is not the admin of this page because this is literally her biggest fear is like she will not watch. It's funny. She'll watch Marley and me just to have a good cry because it's her favorite thing to do is to watch a movie about sad dogs. But she never wants to be surprised by a dog dying in a movie. And if I let her on, I was like, I was like, this movie's really good. You don't want to watch it. And she was like, why? I'll just say the word dog. And she's like, never mind. I don't need to watch it. Because uh, if a dog even fake dies in a movie, she will not want to watch it immediately can i recommend a movie about a dead baby <laughs> yeah chase you can watch dead babies for days all day every day um <laughs> call make her watch the cider house rules it's all about dead babies <laughs> it's about does, that make, does that make me bad for watching the legend with uh will smith and masturbating when he kills his dog <laughs> Jesus. No. I don't. <laughs> yeah. I don't even know where to go. But wait, Eric, you're saying, though, at least from what we can yeah, determine you know, then, you know, it, under you, the impression this was a real dog? That my, uh, I, I, We need more research. So if any of you uh, internet sleuths can find out if a real dog did die and they were using it as a prop in this movie, drop a line to the Quality Time Podcast. Uh, We'd love to add it as a correction to the show. Now, Jeremy, uh, you were talking what, 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 about... Wait, one second, one second. Now, Jeremy, you were talking about I Am Legend, and I was just like, yeah. um, do you know what you get when you get a dead dog in the movie I Am Legend? Um... I don't know about you, but I a new a new Marky Mark album. No, I was gonna say uh, I don't know about you, but I get an erection. Um, anyway, guys, uh, <laughs> hey, <laughs> look, look to any filmmaker out there, if you need a dead dog in a movie, you just go to your local PETA, and they'll have a dead dog for you because that's what they do more than anything. So. Wait, why would you go to PETA? Why wouldn't you just go to Eric's backyard? Yeah, that's true. I do think it'd be funny. I do think it would be funny to like ask PETA if they had like uh uh you know like you get your call like if you had to call up PETA right and ask him like hey did did a dog actually die in this movie and then the the representative on the phone is like hold on let me check the PETA files and uh <laughs> they oh, call <laughs> <laughs> I don't. <laughs> I don't like that. That's funny. <laughs> a customer been, service. Been, hold on. Let me check the Peter Vlog. <laughs> I, I I think they should change their name to Pika for pe- people for the ethical killing of animals. So. Oh, Pika. Okay. That- that's yeah. funny. All right. So uh, yeah. as they go through the next day, uh, the dog is now dead. Uh, Mom and dad still don't know about it. But uh, Terry goes back home to listen to some records because Terry is the cool nerd in this movie who vaguely reminds me of our late cousin Jared uh, as he's listening to a wonderful album uh, by Sacrifix, which is Sacrifice and Crucifix combined into one in their album called The Dark Book. And I have a little audio wait, from wait, this. Wait, wait. Wait a second, you're not saying the band right. What is it's it? It's <laughs> So here here he's listening to a record and mouthing the words and really acting out because this is a this is a hot jam of nineteen eighty seven and uh it kind of lays down some of the movie here. Here we go. Oh gods, 
the forgotten gods ruled the darkness. But what was theirs now belongs to the world of light and substance. And the old gods, the rightful masters, are jealous, watching mankind with a hatred that is as boundless as the stars, with plans for the destruction of man that are beyond imagining. <laughs> way between our physical world of light and pleasure and their spiritual world of madness and pain. A gate behind which the demons wait for the chance to take back what is theirs! <laughs> oh, very scary metal album right there. Nobody knew who they were or what they were doing. And then the little people of Stonehenge dance. Stonehenge, where the demons <laughs> fell. Sorry. So uh, they uh, uh, they <laughs> they go back um, as he's listening to that. He's like, "Huh, this is an interesting album." He starts looking at the album art, and he's like. <laughs> This looks like a regular Necronomicon just in this album right here, which I love the idea that they're going to accidentally open up the gate is based on a metal record, which, ah, God, it's just, I wish metal had the power to do this because, listen, I've listened to plenty of metal stuff and never has a gateway to hell been opened up in my backyard. Usually it just closes women's legs for the most part uh, throughout my life. I was going to say, I don't know if metal can do that. But sometimes, if you play some Charlie Puth, my butthole opens. <laughs> <laughs> the seventh <laughs> ring has opened. <laughs> so Look, I can't help that they made an entire movie around my sphincter, which I also call the gate. <laughs> So the next day they're talking about the dead ass dog and uh, one of the the girl's boyfriends, Eric, agrees to go take the dog to the ASPCA and uh, have it processed. Jeremy, yes. Hey, hey, I I happen to know what happens if you play some sacrifice backwards. Oh, yeah? What's that? You you play it backwards and it says, Orphan Annie can tells you to drink more Ovaltine. <laughs> oh no, it's so evil! <laughs> Don't drink it, it's like, pure evil. It. Um, this is the worst backward masking ever. So, it's important though that you've realized Eric is now taking the dead dog out because he goes on a whole fun ride of, put, of buckling the dead dog in the front seat and driving around just to find <laughs> out that the place is closed. And, uh, in the it's mor- another Woodworth thing to do. In the morning, the the gate to hell is uh is is opening, and uh, there is a little bit of audio of here of Terry explaining why they might have accidentally opened a gateway to hell. See, these guys knew. They wrote their own music. They got their lyrics from this thing called the Dark Book. That's like the Bible for demons. And here's the creepy part. This is their only album, and after they made it, they all died in a plane crash. And look at this. Demon Lord. Terry, come on. Wait a minute. Uh, See, the lyrics in the album tell you how to summon the demons. Now, there's this certain time when these constellations are aligned, when you can open the gate and let the old gods, those are the demons, come through. Well, I checked, 
It's like now. Terry, but... What? Terry, this is a record album. But, you see, there are these songs that tell you about the whole ritual for opening the gate. We did it. Here. So they accidentally opened up the gateway to hell by the kid accidentally cutting his finger, to them accidentally reading some words that showed up on an extra sketch, to breaking open the geo. Uh, Everything is just aligned here. And, you know, I just hate when you accidentally open a gateway to hell. Which, can I just say real quick, not to be an asshole, but the uh, Bible for demons is just called the bible <laughs> <laughs> i do have a uh i did write a special song uh for this for this episode um and i think this is the time to do it uh this is my song for the gate now that we've established some kids opening up a gateway to hell by accident i hope you all enjoy um now jeremy i i was inspired and ashley too this is this for a long time was called uh German blender up my ass was what the song was called. Okay. Now it, it is very Ramstein inspired. I hope you guys can, can taste the notes of Ramstein in this. And, uh, Which if, we like to call GBA. Yes. So, uh, here's a little bit of my song for the gate. accidentally summoned demons playing round with metal records coming up from the ground just because a tree fell down got some evil records yeah play them in my basement long we don't know now what we do we killed the dog we'll kill you too cause I'm summoning the demons Sorry, Bob, I killed the dog. Playing D&D all day long. Hopefully this gets me ass. Just give me one more chance, yeah. Cause I'm summoning the demon. Right, that's enough of that. That's summoning the demon, uh, an Eric Wood yeah. Ridge. There you go. By the way, that's this beautiful. reminds this reminds me of a, a screenplay I've been working on. It's called Mazes and Monsters Two, <laughs> and the most evil demon master is Tom Hanks. <laughs> oh no, not Tom Hanks. No, Eric, that was that was beautiful. I will add it to the spank bank. So, thanks for adding to the sex playlist. Yeah, we only heard the uh, the lyrics because the music was kind of barely muted. So. Uh, well, it'll sound good on the uh, on the play. I think you'll be impressed, Jeremy. It's very it's very Rammstein. It's like Well, if you can just send me the music, I will put new 
lyrics to it. Will it be Dingleberries? <laughs> will it be Dingleberries Part Two, which is <laughs> Dingleberry, <laughs> Dingleberry slash I might be gay Part Two. There's nothing that makes me laugh harder than looking for praise from someone, and then you're like, "Hey, just send it to me. I'll make it better." <laughs> I, it is it is the best ashley it is the best so uh the, i give you an a for effort so uh the the album inside it details all the parts of what they actually did the whole the words the blood the levitation and the sacrifice which ended up being the dog uh all the things that they need to do to finish the whole ceremony is to put the dog in the hole and unfortunately, Eric sees that the ASPCA is closed that day. So he comes back and he's like, look at this giant hole in the backyard. Might I just throw the dog in here? And he does, opening up the full gate to hell. Um, now, uh, Terry also finds out uh, that if you uh, play the record uh, backwards, uh, you can uh, you can find a place. <laughs> you, it, it does tell you how to close the gate. Hey, right, right. I, I, I kind of, you know, sometimes accidents happen. And, like, say, for instance, you get, like, a piece of glass in your finger and you're like, where can I bleed so that I can open a gate to hell by accident? Mm. <laughs> so um, I do it every month when I rip out that juicy tampon. <laughs> <laughs> where can I shove this? It'll be interesting. <laughs> so uh, the key. <laughs> Good, good job, Amy Schumer. The ki- the kids go back to go read the words to close she makes the gate. Commercials, sorry, which I watch a lot of. I have never seen it, but uh, you listen. Potatoes bleed too. Um, hey, her career's doing great. She does look like a baked potato, though. It's a thing on the internet. Uh, wow, kettle meat black. <laughs> Well, I I embrace the fact that I look like a potato. I love potatoes. In fact, I would uh, listen. I don't know. I have no defense. Why are we we defending look, look, Amy I, Schumer right now? I heard she's look, a monster. Look, I, I I feel all self righteous now that I'm down to 320 pounds versus regular <laughs> 340 or 50. Yeah, you looked so. like a real piece of shit before. No, but Ashley, you you were saying. I'm sorry. No, uh, we're not going to get into this. No, I'm not saying I'm defending like her comedy or who she like is as Hold like on. a person, but I just I just, you know, I I thought it was I thought it was funny that you were calling her a potato. I'm like it takes a potato to know a potato. Yeah, well, it is it is definitely Dumb. real recognized real. Hold on, somebody has rung my doorbell and nobody is upstairs that is an adult. So no, you're I fine. I'll keep talking shit about you while you go do that. Oh, don't leave me! Ah! How dare you? No. <laughs> now you have to make up something. It's fine. No, Eric. Eric is like a potato, but when you let it go bad and it starts to sprout arms and shit, he's just he's just an old rotten potato. I'm very. I just. I just. How dare you, Eric? How dare you talk about a woman's body being like a potato? You you saggy sack of shit. Okay, I feel better. I'm fine. I'm back. Like, I just I'd like to change the discussion from lava yes. to people. After you leave a potato long enough, it has enough sprouts and everything. Mm-hmm. Does anybody ever eat all the sprouts with the potato? Ooh, I don't know. Would it be kind of rooty? Would it be like kind of a root? 
kind of chewy. Not yeah, really. I, I think they'd have to put that on like fear factor, the eating all the roots that come out of the potato after you've left it in the bag in your shelf for like two months and some of them are kind of kind of mushy yeah but the other um, ones are just a lot really rooty yeah when they get real mushy it's so creepy i've been making my own homemade potato chips it's actually been really fun and i feel good at something are we still talking about amy schumer Uh, well we talked a little bit about lava but (laughs) you did lava cast without me hear what i say about you when you go to edit is it bad no i'm leaving it this is this is all staying in is it bad though should should be edited out no no it's great and also you know a lot of people (laughs) complain about how bad my music is but i always fire back at them and i say yeah but really how bad is it how much do you hate it I was going to say, Jeremy, your music is not bad. Have they heard Eric's? <laughs> I'm kidding. I am. I, I am. I am kidding. the. Uh, I am. I am the oats to your hall, sir. Aww. I am. I am the Garfunkel hey. to your Simon. They're both just <laughs> terrible. <laughs> hey, hey, you know, you know who's never been to Daryl's house? <laughs> oats. <laughs> <laughs> Um, I love you both. You both bring me so, tremendous. Uh, it's but. funny because uh, my sweet wife, you know what she went to last night? She went to Mary Wheeler Post Pavilion to watch Hall and Oates live. Wow! She saw He's it. back with Oates again? And they're back together, baby. The band's back together. She sent me a little snappy chat of uh, uh, that loving feeling. Because I guess well, that's how she feels about did- me. Um, that everybody, everybody that knows. Feeling. Isn't that song called Lost? That loving feeling. Yeah, <laughs> you lost yep. that Every- love and feeling. <laughs> Not everybody knows that uh, Simon and Garfunkel have been back together for years, except that Simon requires Garfunkel to be in blackface and to wear African thing on stage. <laughs> <laughs> It's so, it's so dumb it made me laugh god damn it, i hate you are you saying that garfunkel is the new ladysmith black mombazo <laughs> he pretends as if he's african on stage singing with simon now all right i get it so uh they uh, that big curly hair. So let's get back oh. on track with the movie here. Look. Oh, so the boys go to go read over top of the hole to go close it, not realizing the dog is already in it, and uh, they think they've done a good job. But uh, uh, the really the only way to close the gate after it's only open is a spirit of pure love and light can close the gate, which. Uh, by the time we get to the end of the movie, you'll realize it makes zero sense. So, uh, <laughs> meanwhile, they... Love is crap! They go to go do what young boys in the 80s do, which is fire off some more Estes rockets, which is, God, just the, the cat's pajamas back in the day. Jeremy and I uh, grew up in a home that had Estes rockets. Jeremy, how fun were they to do? Um, I... I I say this because we probably shot off like four or five ever because it's such a hassle to set everything up. You had to set up like a little, like almost like rigging a bomb to like make it work. Uh, no, never, never did a single rocket. And it was probably just you and dad if uh, dad let you do it. Because the only thing I ever did um, was pretty much light fireworks in the backyard and, and, um, 
and kill the little little sprickets that lived in the basement. So. We're just trying to we're just trying to set off some poppers, you know. Yeah, some poppers. You know I mean? So, so uh, which, which, by the way, to make a quick story, me and my 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 next door neighbor Bernard um, were up at the up at the top of the hill where the tunnel were doing some fireworks, and all of a sudden, some guys like, "Hey, what are you guys doing out here?" And of course, me being the genius, fire off um, my southern accent. I was like. Hey, we were just doing the poppers out here. <laughs> and Bernard looks at me. That's a good one. Yeah, you're, you're southern now. So good job. Oh, they just think you're a southern imbecile instead of just yes. a regular one. Uh. Yes. We're from the south. We do poppers all the time. I don't know what your problem is, Mister Marylander. <laughs> so uh, they uh, night two starts, and the boys find a, a shotgun uh, that uh, will come in handy later. And uh, Alex is having some more friends over to spend the night. Her two girlfriends. They also find the thunder bolt which looks like a future gift they're going to get which is a giant estes rocket that they can go and shoot off later uh that'll come into play later and is the reason why i wanted to set off more of these as a child um the night uh that night though the minions descend upon the house which are i love the little fucking minions that come out of the gate because they're like this they're about a foot tall and they are they're not claymation most of the time they're just guys Mm -hmm. shot in perspective like in these little weird suits and they're fucking creepy looking for sure they are and they sort of have like almost like these weird little tails mm-hmm. <laughs> and so you can't quite they're not supposed to be an animal obviously they're supposed to be demons but they almost look like a hairless guinea pig yeah they look like put it like this they look like the face of like the alien from enemy mine mixed with uh george costanza's character from shallow hal if that makes sense, right? Like little tiny I was, tail. <laughs> I was gonna say they had a face kind of like Chris Restivo when he's really high. <laughs> oh Jesus! So uh, hope, he's, hope he's listening to this. I'm gonna get another phone call. They get uh, all of a sudden they uh, he calls his sister into the room and a hand goes and grabs him from under the bed which is pretty creepy. This giant hand tries to like drag them under the bed and then they think they're about to escape and then one of them grows like fucking Mr. Fantastic and grabs her shoe as she runs out of the room. Uh, so that's pretty scary. Uh, all of the sleepover gang Terry, Glenn, uh, Alexandria and her two friends run out the door when they see mom and dad oh mom and dad have returned early we are safe and as they walk up to him you hear this hello mom dad you've been mom and dad are evil and so evil that the kid goes to grab dad's face and it melts in his hands. And it's a pretty fucking cool effect as it gets all over his hands. Like, oh, God. Uh, I love that. I love that little scene and uh, how much it terrified me as a child. Um, the other great thing is that all these minions, they just run into each other to make one giant station. Yeah. So as opposed to two <laughs> yes. stations. So uh, they go inside to go uh, calm themselves and uh, wonder what the hell is happened when all of a sudden the telephone rings hello oh, and 
the fucking phone melts in her hand a la a uh, nightmare on elm street uh so uh lots of creepy scary stuff happening within the house uh but they come to the conclusion by the way by the way you've been using verizon ah! <laughs> hey this is direct I hate TV. It. <laughs> this is i hate it when the phone melts verizon sucks <laughs> so so they have to close the gate but the spells are in the basement so they go down there get that and uh all of a sudden when they're reading the record album it can bust within their hands in terry's hands and burns up uh meanwhile they're just like it's okay we got a bible so they pick up the bible and decide to go read some passages outside of the gate uh while they're doing this terry just gets sucked into the gate uh, and those little fucker minions are down there and he just stomps the shit out of one, which is very hilarious and uh, is barely able to escape the clutches of this hundred foot hole that's in this guy's backyard. Uh, they throw the Bible into it as that happens and the fucking gate like explodes and everything. It's pretty, it's a pretty intense scene. The day is saved. Which and just uh, goes to prove that the Bible will explode if you throw it at somebody. <laughs> unlike, the ho- unlike the holy hand grenade of Antioch. So. I do I do love, though, that you can just get rid of these demons by just physically stomping the shit out of him. Good to know that things from the netherworld are easily conquered by a foot. <laughs> so- you know, this whole, this whole reading, it's so hard when you can just throw it at somebody. It is true. Absolutely. So uh, the day is saved. The girls decide to go head back home because the boys showed up to the party late and Glenn and Terry decide to stay up all night and watch TV. Now, meanwhile, they find uh, uh, it was it was rumored that their house uh, had a guy that died in it and was living in the wall and they had buried him in the walls. That guy comes bursting out of the walls like the fucking Kool-Aid guy and takes Terry with him. Uh, So now Terry is now part of the netherworld. Uh, Glenn is uh, lost without his moneymaker, Mike, and uh, goes to go tell his sister, Al. But uh, more high strangeness happens upstairs. Blood symbols on the walls. Guys burst through the walls and uh, go in. uh, 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 He gives that fucking guy a boombox to the face, which is pretty fun. And uh, then when he falls over, turns into like a million little minions that just like burst out of him falling over. A lot of scary stuff stuff uh he then glenn goes to go grab the gun as his sister al is being attacked but uh, demon terry is now waiting in the closet and biting his hand alex comes over and stabs him with a barbie doll in the eye which is a weird choice of weaponry to say the least and uh the closets uh have come <laughs> and that is actually the closest that uh terry will ever come to penetration in his real life with a woman um, they then lock themselves in the closet as they try to load the shoddy, uh, but the dead man then pops up one more time in the closet, and uh, they end up having to blast him, but he's unfazed. His sister gets grabbed through the floor and begins, and uh, as that happens, all that we're left with is Glenn in a house that is completely crumbling around him as the hole to hell is opening up within his foyer. Uh 
But remember, love and light is the key. So young Glenn goes to defeat the evil and heads upstairs to his room to get the demon slaying rocket. Uh, the big demon then rises from the hole, which is a giant claymation monster, which doesn't look great, but is still pretty good for claymation. Uh, he then uh, lays uh, the, the big demon then grabs him at one part and then uh pokes him in his hand and then a, a, an eye an evil eye appears in his hand he's like no so he stabs it with a fu- thing in his hand and then uh uh you can and then he's like oh no i'm mike Patton from faith no more for now <laughs> Uh, and as that's happening, evil looks like it's a descending, uh, ascending into a giant cloud into the sky, like in a giant twister. Uh, Glenn goes down, rigs his rocket, and uh, returns. And the, the demon just comes up as he's about to launch it into the sky, and he launches it right into that claymation monstrosity, uh, somehow <coughs> defeating it with an Estes rocket. Uh, it's not explained why Glenn is a good person. It seems like he made a, made a lot of bad decisions. How he is pure love, I don't. We're saying that Stephen Dorff is such full of light that all he needed was an Estes rocket to defeat an ancient godlike demon, and it's a ridiculous ending. And uh, I would like to tell you that after that happens, everything is just you know happy and and great. But there is some kind of weird twist ending. All of a sudden, Alexandria shows up. The dog's alive. Angus is super alive again. He's digging up things in the backyard. We get to see Terry, his best friend. They all agree that they're best friends. And do you know what happens? Do you know what happens? That's just the end of the movie. The dog <laughs> saves his, his one Nike shoe that he lost. He finds the one Nike shoe, and that is literally the end of the gate. That's can you, <laughs> can you can you play that that music from the start again? Because I, I I had a song that I didn't make for today, but I can make it up on the fly. But like this? Yeah. Yeah. Here it is. Yeah. All right. When does the music start? This is the song from the beginning, right here. Oh, the ending. Oh, the ending? ending? Okay, I got you. I got you. Hold on, hold on. Yeah. Yeah. Here it is. Estes Rockets equals love. (laughs) Fire your Estes Rocket into the demon. (laughs) And Estes equals love. Because Estes paid for this film, yeah. Estes will kill any demon ever. (laughs) And that brings us to the end of 1987's The Gate. Oh, what a fun ride. I'm glad you guys watched it. I, I, I realize it is the dumbest ending to a movie that's probably ever existed in all of humanity. (laughs) <laughs> You've never seen, never seen Avatar. <laughs> uh, Ashley, we'll give your new perspective as coming into this with a fresh set of eyes to really see what a shit movie this is. Give us your final rundown of it. I mean, I will just say, I think it's beautiful that all it took were some virgin tears to get the world back to where it belongs. Um, nothing better than an undersexed teenager. Um, I I had fun. It you know it was eh, 
it was okay for me. I watched it out of love and light for Eric. So, <laughs> <laughs> so no, it was, it was a good time. And SDNS is there. There you go. I I love I love rockets and I love dogs and I love red rockets. So Well, you should never yeah. listen, never use uh an SD's rocket as like a sex toy. Cause uh if you do, you might get a STs D. Um yeah. anyway. <laughs> that's that's all what was what was his name of his metal friend again? The metal kid? Terry. Uh Terry. Terry, his metal friend. Yeah. Terry, well, you know, the most interesting thing is that when he gets bitten by the one minion in the closet, he never comes out of the closet at that scene because he's like the second or third demon. But finally, at the end of the film, his friend Terry finally comes out of that closet. So. <laughs> Sweet Lewis Tripp uh, played the, uh, was the actor that played Terry. And uh, God, you know what else he was in? You know what else he was in? Please tell me he was in a hundred gay porn films after this. Uh, he was in a little movie called The Da Vinci Load, which uh, <laughs> this is <laughs> it, it's my favorite Tom Spanks movie. Uh, no, he returned as Terry again in The Gate 2 in 1990, which I've never <laughs> seen. Uh, and he's also in the movie uh, Seeing Things as quote-unquote the rich kid. Uh but uh, that is uh, that is his what he's known for at this point. Um, and I the, thought he looked familiar. I thought I'd seen him in something else, but I couldn't place him. In 2020, it was a short. He was in a short called "Sacrifice," playing Terry Terrence Chandler once again, which I'm guessing is uh, um, another the real ending to this yeah. movie. He was also quote he was a nerdy kid in Detroit Rock City, which he's uncredited for in that 1999. Be, I love that movie. So uh, there you go. By the way, an Adam Rifkin film. Also maker of the dark backward. So give it up for Lewis Tripp, great actor from the movie uh, The Gate, which is uh, uh, it's it's a classic to me. You know, I I, I personally love the movie The Gate. Uh, it hit me at a right age uh, uh, where. Uh, you know, when you're you're young, you see a movie, you're like, "That's this is good. This is tight. This is fucking good." And this is that's me. I, I'm unapologetically a fan of the movie The Gate. Uh, I love all the things that happen to it. It it overwhelms me with nostalgia. And it, as I've said on this podcast before, nostalgia is the bittersweet longing for the past. And I couldn't explain uh, this movie any better than that to me, right there. So. I, I I must say, out of this whole movie, it was worth it just for the parents' face going to goop and the other mother's face falling on the ground. So, <laughs> it was a good spot. I, I understand how you feel, Eric, about nostalgia. I am nostalgic for my life before watching this movie. Um, <laughs> <laughs> just, <laughs> no, it was a good time. I I enjoyed watching it with you boys. All right, it's just like. It's just like me watching the great Santini and wishing my dad abused me when I was young. So <laughs> I love it. I love it. <laughs> Ashley, where can people find you at love? You can always find me online at Ashley Pontius laughs, and you can catch me this Friday in North Cumberland doing a show. 
Excellent. Uh, you can catch all things Eric Comedy at ericcomedy.com. That's Eric with a K, comedy with a C. Um, we got big things coming up. Uh, I'm on, like, everything for the Ellicott Silly Comedy Festival. So if you go any night or day, I will be there at some point. Dates to come for that. Um, all that shit I'll put up on ericcomedy.com, although it is not updated currently. Jeremy, take us out of here. Trolls are eating my mom! accidentally summoned demons playing round with metal records coming up from the ground just because a tree fell down got some evil records yeah play them in my basement long we don't know now what we do we killed the dog we'll kill you too cause I'm summoning the demon Sorry, Mom, I killed the dog. Playing D&D all day long. Hopefully this gets me ass. Just give me one more chance, yeah. Cause I'm summoning the demon.